Boom, we are back at Ask the Masters, and I've got two of my favorite people here today. You guys, I can't believe this. You know, things are going crazy in the pool industry. We all know that. So we don't all need a lot of business, more business, more leads. What we need is to organize all of these leads that we have. And who better to address CRMs than Mr. Brett Abbott and our best friend, Cheryl. Brett, what you brought Cheryl along with you today. Well, I did because I was about to have—I was to have to disagree with what you said. You—I thought you were going to say who better to talk about automation and CRM than Brett? And I'm thinking, well, I'll tell you who. It ain't me. It's Cheryl. Because, I'm, just, I'm just glad to be along for the ride. <laughs> well, and you know what? I, I'm going to—I'm going to do something a little dangerous here because I don't want to get sexist or anything. But I was thinking about the song earlier, the Elton John song about uh, Marilyn Monroe, "Goodbye, Norma Jean." So forget the innuendo about Marilyn Monroe and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm thinking for me, Cheryl is the, the, the person up on stage. She's the expert. She's the, the like, oh, my God, it's Marilyn Monroe. She, this, she's like, well, she's a keynote speaker. She's just amazing. And I'm, I'm the young man in the 22nd row, you know, down there going, wow, she's just amazing. You know, look, at she knows she's so smart about automation. Did, can either of you guys connect or am I the only the only? Am I the only one old enough to remember Elton John? No, no, no. I, I totally connect with that, Brad. And I got to tell you, the one thing, it's been a little difficult to get Cheryl to understand the pool industry in the fact that most people, we really, in the pool industry, they hardly know how to use their calendar in, in their phone. So, you know, to to get get it to this point where we can bring Cheryl in, because I, I can remember Cheryl in the first couple of times I met you, it's like, well, what system are they using? I said, they don't have a system. Because what do you mean they don't have a system? Well, <laughs> that took a while to, to <laughs> configure in my brain, but yep. this is where we are and this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, and I have to, in defense of a client I spoke with just about an hour ago, coincidentally, uh, he's just adopting a new CRM. And he, when you said, hey, you know, the pool builders, they just don't use them. This guy, he's in the 1%. He was just he, he was setting it up faster than I could tell him what to do. He was way ahead of the game. It's such a pleasure when I work with someone who who gets it. You know, he's a, a techie kind of guy. So uh, and they're out there. So we don't want to disparage all pool builders, but we do recognize that most pool builders are very good at what they do out in the field, and that this kind of behind the scenes automation and and CRM and all that tracking that's a different animal. Well, well, well Brett, for for a lot of us, lay out what a CRM is. And the different options. Can you can you ever Cheryl? Cheryl's probably maybe she, whoever. But. Well, yeah. If I may, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to tell, like where I've been with CRMs and where I think we need to go. And I and and for me, I, I can kind of we need to go that way. I'm pointing to kind of go that way. But but I'd like Cheryl. She's been there. She there's so many more things. There's so much that can be done with automation. And I'm just scratching the surface. So. Uh, I, I want to kind of set the stage and then turn things over to her to elaborate on on how she's doing this with her clients, what kind of uh, different kinds of automation. So with that, I'd like to back up and just uh, I'll tell you that I did a survey. Is that work for you, Randy? That yeah. works perfect. Okay, good. So last year, you know, it was about this time last year, I sent out a survey to 100 or so, a couple hundred pool builders around the country, and I asked them, what CRM are you using? And uh, in fact, you know what? I'm going to jump over to my website. Am I showing my screen? You are yep. showing your screen. 
Very good. All right. So as it said, this is on my website. It's a blog post. This is, I must say, I was shocked when I did the survey that 63% of all the pool builders I talked to said they were not happy with the CRM. That's two thirds of the people are not happy with whatever CRM they were using. But what was even more interesting, 45 pool builders, there were 23 different sales CRMs in use, 23 different ones across 45 companies. It's like, clearly there's no standard except uh, there was, I'll tell you, you know, you want to guess what was most popular? What would you say? I know my guess would be Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. mm, mine mine would be a, a, a yeah. kind of a pin clip on a pegboard with a- You, you nailed it. Mm -hmm. You nailed it. Number one was paper. That's right. Tracking on paper. The second one, number two most popular was none. Paper and none. A distant third was the uh, the Jandy Pro Edge. And uh, Jandy was one of the early folks to come out there and, and make it broadly available. And it's pretty good. But honestly, uh, I guess now we call it the Fluidra Jandy Pro Edge. But whatever it is, uh, it seems to be really good at project management. Everybody seems to like it a lot on that end of the equation, but not too crazy about it on the... Uh, on the sales CRM side of managing opportunities. So uh, anyway, uh, but my whole motivation here, the reason I even asked the question in the first place is because I have believed deeply since the first year I got into this swimming pool industry, which is like 15 years ago now, uh, I figured out three things. I call it the three-legged milk stool of marketing for pool builders. You gotta have a good website, you got to have some kind of a low risk offer that causes the future buyers to give you their contact info now. In other words, we got to drip a little bait on the website so that they'll get into our system. And then we need some kind of automation because they take so long to make a decision. We need some kind of drip marketing. And the, really, I was at the time really thinking about drip marketing. Now I've come to believe that not just drip marketing, but you also need sales management, a sales CRM, so stuff doesn't fall through the cracks. And so that the sales manager doesn't have to wonder what the heck is going on or the owner of the company. Cause you know, I've, I'll ask him how's things going. Well, you know what? I really don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what my closing ratios are. I'm not sure. Uh, or by person, et cetera. So those were the two core fundamentals that have been very important to me. I think that the pool industry is behind. We need to be using some kind of good, solid sales CRM, nothing too complicated, because if it's too complicated, they won't use it. But we need to track our opportunities and there needs to be some automation. There, there's a minimum, there needs to be some drip automation. I am now, ha having spent some time with Cheryl, in fact, uh, yeah, probably uh, I'll throw myself off here. I didn't, Sharon, you're with Barron Marketing and you're also a, a, a cyber funnel specialist, aren't you? That's correct. Yep. Started. And I, I can go into a little bit of my, you know, my background, but yes, we have our marketing company, but uh, cyber funnels is kind of like a spinoff of that. And that's where we're really focusing all of right. us. I mean, Randy's yeah. involved, Brett, you're, you're such a huge part of that. And you know, that's where my focus is right now. That's right. And I'll tell you where I'm coming from now. So like I said, two core fundamentals, sales management and drip marketing. But now in, uh, in 2020 and 2021, everybody in our industry is overwhelmed. There's too much to do. The salespeople cannot keep up with the, the number of drawings that are coming in and everybody else is busy too. And of course, wouldn't you know it, 
I said, well, hey, we're, we want to hire two more salespeople. Well, good luck, because guess what? They're all booked out. They're, they're none of, there's nobody available. There's no labor to shoot the gunite. Hell, there's no gunite to shoot, right? Every, we're running out of everything, but we can't solve it with manpower right now. So in the sales and marketing department, I think we're sitting on a golden opportunity to make more money in 2021 without pulling our hair out like we did in 2020 because of all the other automation that can be done, the triggering. Um, Cheryl uses fancy words like uh, tripwire and uh, a lead magnet and all this kind of stuff. So I'd like to, and it gets a little fuzzy. So uh, Cheryl, you know enough I think about the pool industry that, you know, that people don't decide overnight they want to pool. They'll, yeah. they'll go search online and they may spend weeks or months or years. So, and meanwhile, our, our, our builders are trying to, they want to close as many sales as they can, but they're all backlogged. So if I throw that in your lap, what suggestions might you have for the average pool builder to, uh, to not be so crazy in 2021? That's a good question. So as you were talking, Brett, here's here's what just the image keeps popping in my mind. First of all, I'm thinking that the first thing that pool builders are going to say is, oh, my gosh, another thing I have to learn, another thing I have to become an expert at. And that my mind goes back to and I think you guys know this. I was a high school English teacher for, for many years. I won't go ahead into how many, but a high school English teacher. And, and as it got to the end of, of that career and, and, you know, starting our own business, we were just being introduced to like the computer, things like that. And that was where my mind was. This is way, this is way too much. And then you, you do a little bit at a time and it's like, hmm, it's not that bad. Then you, you start a business and we got involved with, uh, with a, a major CRM, became a partner. And that was like just total overwhelm until shortly after it wasn't it just so made you know it made so much sense and i'm thinking wow if they could take the teaching industry because now teachers are literally overwhelmed with what they've mm -hmm. had to adjust to with covid mm -hmm. i'm thinking all the times if i could have had some drip automation you know just like constant reminders without me having to literally stand outside and I'm talking about like senior high. So standing outside of locker rooms and grabbing guys uh, by the arm, you <laughs> own me a term paper. <laughs> I gotta uh, go. I gotta go. You know, it's that kind of thing. So the first thing I think is just having that mindset. You can do it. It's really not that bad. And there are so many tools in place and CRMs that you may have explained already, Brett, where when you can just kind of try it and see and, and tell yourself, wow, I just saved myself two hours today because the same darn email that I have sent over and over and over when I make a call and they don't pick up, I don't have to, I didn't have to, you know, copy paste or do it by hand. Uh, you know, those kind of things. I think it's just, it's a slow burn. And the more that they see how much time and therefore money it's saving them or their administrators or their reps, you know, it's, it, it just, it totally, totally makes sense. So I think it just, you know, you just take it, take it slow, take it easy. And, and you just do one, one little thing at a time, but there's, there's just literally so many ways. And I, I think the second thing is, 
is that the fear might be if I, if I switch over to a CRM, that kind of takes me out of the picture. It, it removes the human being from the sales process, and it doesn't. That is, that is the last thing that automation and a CRM is meant to do. Um, you know, it's not a replacement for people. What it does is in the proper use of it, it allows people, reps, admins, more time to move that, that sale along without spending so much time doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, we always say if, there, if you can make a list of anything that you're doing three or more times, automation can take care of that for you. And then you spend your time building that rapport, building that relationship, because if, again, and this is, you know, kind of going down the road, but if done properly with a blend of automation, email, video, all that heavy lifting kind of removes that, that burden from, from thinking you need to have those superstar sales reps. And it just, it, it just, you know, it, it's, like I said, it's a slow burn. You start out and it just keeps growing and growing on you until you're like, I don't know how I lived without that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yep. I like it. The, uh, I like your analogy too, with the uh, high school kids. Well, Brad, I think, Brad, I think our, our, our clients are like the high school kids a little bit though. And now in 2021 after COVID, uh, they would prefer it this way so they can get their information, um, on the slow drip at their command. Um, uh, and I, I think you're going to talk about triggers maybe a little bit, Cheryl, they get their information and when they want to reach out, they reach out on their level. And that's the way consumers want. They, you know, breaking news, guys, people don't like it when, when a used car salesman keeps coming after them. They, they want to enjoy the experience on their own and, and, and pick that product. So Cheryl, allow, what your process does is it allows that to happen organically, naturally, and, and form a, a stronger bond, I think. Yeah, and what you said, Randy, is, is absolutely true. Um, like, sometimes people think they, uh, something like a constant contact or even before that, like an Aweber, that that's, that's like the end-all, be-all, that's automation. It's not. It's just sending the same thing to everybody, no matter what they do, what their behavior is, what they're opening, what they're not. That that is not. That's not behavioral based automation. So going with that strategy, uh, when you have you know when you have a student who has done fifty percent of the term paper, your response and your your motivation is totally different from somebody who doesn't even care. That's a whole different level of how you want to talk to that person. And it just goes back to the good old definition of marketing, Mar marketing to the right person, you know, the right message to the right person at the right time. So it's got to be segmented. It, it has to be. And with, with a CRM and an automated marketing system, that is not difficult at all. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's all right with you, one thing I'm I'm not going to forget to talk about is the only thing that makes me cringe about CRMs is that they can be hard to implement. So I'm going to come back to that. But first, I'd like to brainstorm some ideas about what different things we can do to automate. I want to throw a few out there, and then I'll I'll have shot my wad. I'll be out. So maybe okay. I think that you'll probably have more. You may but cover them all. <laughs> yeah, here's kind of what I see is like so if. 
if a lead comes into the CRM because they just filled out an inquiry on the web form, which now is having 20, 30 times a week for some. So you get an inquiry and it shows up. So from the sales CRM, the the, the sales manager or business owner looks as, okay, uh, well, I'm thinking the first thing should happen should be an auto reply email. There should be an instant email that says, hey, thanks a lot. And if we're in this busy time where it's taken us two to three weeks to get back to you, well, then we would say that in the email. Hey, sorry, look, we're delighted here. Look forward to talking to you. Just want to give you a heads up. We're kind of busy right now, uh, two to three weeks. And then when that changes, you can change email. So that was the first one, an auto reply email that says, hey, I heard you and we're going to get back to you. Let me set some expectations. Then when they be, then when I, then there should be a task. Mm -hmm. I a task for the salesperson to figure out whether or not this is a valid lead. If I'm an in-ground gunite pool builder and the person is looking for an above-ground pool or they uh, live outside my area or they're looking for an in-ground pool in the $10,000 range, which doesn't exist in this country, then I, I know, well, that's not a qualified lead. So I've got a qual. So it seems to me I should have a task to qualify that person. Now, maybe that's just my pipeline. So that would be like the next thing is they got to figure once they're qualified, then I need to try to set a meeting with them. And uh, and of course, nowadays, I'm thinking if you don't have an online calendar appointment setter, uh, that, that's got to be. And then the nice thing about that cause, is the automatic reminders, because uh, it seems to me most of the appointment setters, when you, you can set up a 90 minute meeting or whatever it is you want to uh, want your prospects to take that it's it, you can set up several reminders that says hey don't forget tomorrow is the meeting and or, or today hey don't forget in two hours is your meeting with joe the pool designer uh, because that's that was a, one of the top reasons one of the top frustrations of salespeople in the past was showing up and the client wasn't there the prospect wasn't there no show very annoying so so there's a few um and then I guess the only other one that I've thought of is that when we sell a, a project, when we close the deal, we want to then, it would be nice to automate uh, the, uh, oh, I call it a welcome to the family. Hey, uh -huh. congratulations. Welcome to our family. Here's an overview of uh, how the construction process is going to go forward. And, you know, a few things like that. A lot more that could be done, but those are the ones that are foremost in my mind. Do you, uh, you know enough about our industry to throw some other ideas out here? Yep. And what you said, Brett, I think when you started out and, and you used the word expectations, I think that's that's one of the key things. So it starts right away with whoever has had that initial contact with them, you know, whether it be over the phone. If And everybody needs to know what this process is so that they can, again, set those proper expectations. So you're on the phone. If, if they're going to be receiving an email, let them know, you know, as soon as we get off the call, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, I'm going to, I'm going to be sending you an email. Look out for that. If, if you are using automated text messaging, um, there's a process for that. You know, this is all permission based. It's really important for everybody to understand that you don't just use a CRM and automated marketing to throw garbage in every lead that you possibly can think of, because the way the way email marketing works today is if there's no engagement or if they're not expecting it, people are really they're they're trigger happy with with hitting spam. 
because so much is coming at them. So you've got to prepare them. Better to send less, but really targeted. Um, the other thing you said, just in your, your verbiage that you used, you know, a lot of times people will say, I don't even know. I don't know how to write an email. I don't even know what to say. Right. Um, record yourself on what you would say if you were saying it to them in person. Just record it and literally write as you would talk. Um, you know, when, when we put together these, these funnels for people, um, we, we, want, we want the messaging to sound like they would talk. Um, for, for a couple of years, I would send daily emails and they were blog posts in our marketing system. And I wrote them from the standpoint of, of my partner. And I don't swear all that much, but he does. And so <laughs> I kind of peppered a few things in and talked, you know, he, he's a Philly boy and now lives in Pittsburgh. And, you know, so I would, it was, it was like fun. It was like being an, you know, an alter ego. And, right. but you've got to make them, you've got to make them fun. Yeah. Uh, I think another, another uh, kind of gotcha that some people think is, oh, I got to throw, I got to, got to go throw my logo in there and I've got to do this and that and fancy. It doesn't even, it doesn't matter. They just want your voice to come through. They feel, they want to feel like they are, like you're talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, just mm -hmm. person to person. So there's a lot of little things to personalize. Um, so what you said is, is absolutely perfect. Um, I think a couple of the other creative ways that you could use automation and again, starting out small and then, you know, it, what we found too, is when you're starting out small like that, listen to your, you know, to the, the companies you're working with and, and, and the, the reps. And if, if they say something like, gosh, you know, what would make my life a whole lot easier? Could we do, could we do this? Ha, there you go. Now you know the next step to take. But one of the, I would say one of the biggest things is uh, when a rep, either through phone calls or emails, if, if, if a, somebody has a, an inquiry, some question that comes up all the time, or maybe they call the office and those come up, that is where you can train an admin um, to say, look, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna follow up, I'm gonna send you an email with, you know, if it's something you can't go over on the phone. You know, maybe they want pricing, maybe they, who knows what it is, but you take a couple of those kind of like FAQs and with automation, I won't go into the logistics on how you do it, but you can automate an email personalized to that person explaining and answering all their questions rather than taking one of your staff, taking the time to do the same thing over and over and over. So that's, that's one thing, same, same kind of thing as maybe sales objections. And again, you know, you got to work with them on the, the script, but it's like, you know what, let me, let me put together some thoughts, you know, just make it sound like they're going to do it. But let me put together some thoughts and, and I'm going to send you an email. They don't have to know that that email has been crafted over time to make, be made better and better and better based on feedback. And it saves, it just saves time um another thing oh go ahead i was just gonna say randy what uh well what's jumping out at me here which is i kept i've been hearing it forever but it's like it's hitting me over the head which you said earlier behavior based everything yeah. what you're saying everything should happen based on a behavior that 
that the prospect took. If mm -hmm. they do this, then we do this. If they ask that, then we do this, and and we and we automate it instead of. Uh, instead and, of and, and Brett, you know, we've seen Cheryl actually adjust the course of a business. Uh, we had a pool builder, I think, that was doing a lot of work below a hundred thousand dollars, and he said, "Look, I really want to focus on this market that's above that that market, and kind of disregard these other lower end leads at this point." So a lot of you know the way Cheryl can adjust the automation actually will focus or pinpoint target what the trajectory is, if you will, of, of where the business is going based on what that owner is thinking is, is best for their business. And that's, that's been fun to watch. That's, that's, I never even thought of that, Randy, but for instance, if you're gathering information and it's being input into the CRM, doesn't have to be difficult, could be through a web form, could be somebody just entering information, but the system, the CRM, the automation, can look to see what value is in a field for maybe like what you're talking about, Randy, uh, you know, those, those figures. And if it's this set of figures, this range, you send them down a certain path with messaging that's really targeted to that. And that's, that's where the segmentation, yeah, it's, I mean, you can tell I, I love this. I, I know you guys do too, but it's just so, I don't know, it's exciting. And I, again, I keep thinking, gosh, what I could have done in teaching if I had put these kind of things in play. I mean, it's just, it's just endless. It's a, it's a mindset. It's like, I'll be darned if I'm going to take more time doing things over and over and over. Why would I not want to be more efficient? Right. Sharpening the ax. Yep. The, uh, <laughs> and I and I'm excited too. I don't know if I'm quite as excited as Cheryl, but <laughs> but, uh, but uh, and by the way, I like visuals. And Cheryl didn't use these words, but I sure saw a mental picture. We're talking about uh, Randy. You talk about the using this. Well, we're talking about sales funnel, right? Where we're trying to winnow down to the right people. If you're not the right prospect, we need to get you out of there. Well, it just hit me. It's not called a sales tube. It's a sales funnel, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's supposed to get thinner at the bottom. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to get rid of the people that mm -hmm. we don't want to waste time talking to. So that's a that's a pretty good. Uh, I think I'm going to use that catchphrase. It's not a I sales like tube. It's a sales funnel. I like it. Get rid well, of like and and identifying the problem. You, you talk about more employees or more salespeople. I, I think on the the funnels that have been refined by the team, uh, we actually get owners of these businesses say, "Look, just give me somebody that can walk out there, not say the wrong thing, and get the signature." Because everything has been so automated that the client is brought right to the end, and the last thing they want is some employee who talks too much or a uh, someone who talks too much about themselves. Um, too much and uh, and move out there so we can control the brand. We can control the journey of the client as we steer them down this um, artificial intelligent road, if you will, that is is set up directly to answer the questions that we know they have. We're all asked the same questions every day in, in pool sales. And mm -hmm. so if you, you record yourself once, you can stop being that that, you know, individual recorder. Exactly. You know, I was just thinking too with um, with pools, there are so many, you know, once again, once you kind of catch this bug of, of automation and saving yourself time, the idea is there's just so many things. I mean, I'm thinking when someone, their pool is finally finished, you know, there's no better time to do a couple things. One of them is to get a, you know, get a testimonial, get a review. You can automate that process and make it fun. 
Um, you can also, um, through, um, through the automation and probably through another third party, but you can, you can automate fulfillment of maybe sending a, uh, some sort of a, of a gift, you know, something for the pool. There's just so many things to personalize and make the whole process fun. I think, I think that's the other thing that with automation, it sort of opens up a way to sort of bring back the fun to things and set yourself apart um, from, from other pool builders, uh, you know, like an anniversary campaign, you know, every year after that pool is built, just a, a follow-up on, you know, I, I hope you're you're enjoying your pool. Would love to see uh, a picture of one of your, you know, gatherings or your family. You know, there's just so much that you can do that when you don't do it through automation, you just forget. It's not top of mind. You can't possibly, I mean, you can keep on top of it, but it's going to take humans to remember and do all that. Mm -hmm. uh, that that follow-up automation, the follow-up animation, yeah automation a year down the road is impactful. Uh -huh. I mean, it is uh -huh. so important to uh, making sure that the project hasn't gone the wrong direction under someone main, not maintaining it properly. And we in California deal a lot with construction defect and while we leave a perfect pool. So that that that's a great idea, Cheryl. I think we need to add that to the system too, is you know, every six months, hey, any questions, any yep. problems? Because yep. if we can address problems sooner, they don't turn into a major liability a year, two years down the road when we've got plaster phenomenons and different different individuals happening. So, yeah, and, that's, that's, I've never thought about that. Yeah, well, and I have to chime in. The, the other advantage of doing that, just touching base once in a while, whether it's once a year or whatever, it's uh, us marketing folks call it top of mind awareness. Mm -hmm. or if we want to show off, we call it TOMA, but top of mind awareness so that because 10 years from now, if if someone keeps staying, like my insurance agent, I just love her. She's so sweet. She always sends me a birthday card. I mean, I know it's a ritual and everything, but you know, I really care about her and would never dream of leaving her because she's just uh, always following up. She has top of mind awareness in my head that if anyone ever wanted a, an insurance agent, I would definitely send them to there. Because so, in other words, those little drips every year help her get more referrals. So. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking what you just said too, Brett and Randy, when you were talking about the maintenance, um, if there's, let's just say there is like a, a, like an agreement term, you know, for, for something specifically maintenance, you could use what Brett talked about before, create a task for whoever to contact the client about renewing that contract, you know, a little bit before that, that current agreement, is you know comes to date you know that's that's another thing that that can be automated um just so again so it's top of mind doesn't fall through the crack and i i think that's probably at the crux of everything that the pool industry is experiencing right now is just stopping the bleeding stopping everything that's just just dripping through these cracks and and it's the worst thing that I can think of would be literally having so many leads that they're like throwing them away. That's, that's horrible. You know, that's just sad. So, you know, I think now more than ever, automation serves many, many purposes. It can serve the, when there's not enough leads. And so you're, you know, the lead generation, that that's priority at that point, you still need a back end 
drip automation, you know, to help to support that. But right now, if that's not a problem, the CRM needs to be used for other capability to, to stop things from just falling through the cracks and getting lost. By the way, Randy, did you notice how Cheryl uh, used a, uh, a a pool industry analogy? She said, we don't want things dripping through the cracks. <laughs> I, I, I like that because most of the pools out there are leaking. They are, and, and certainly everybody's funnel funnel is leaking. So um, Cheryl, uh, Brett, you had identified earlier what there's some 45 different CRMs. Yep. So in this vast array, Cheryl, I mean, we got you here. What are people approached with these different types of CRMs? And, and could, could you just give us your analysis of the overall industry? As You mean as far as calling out specific specific CRMs as options or? Well, well, there's a lot of different choices. A lot of them are very mm -hmm. expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll name names to, to start it because obviously there are some extremely expensive ones with HubSpot and Salesforce being on the top, of course. Um, and, and they have a different setup. So there's, again, a vast array all the way down to, Brett, I know you have a favorite one that you like as a starting point. So can we kind of run through the, sure. the spectrum out there? Do you guys mind doing that? Just so people... Uh, understand a little bit of that? No. Sure. Do you want me to start, Brett, or do you want to? Well, I just want I don't have that much to say, so I will say this. Salesforce would be the, the, the big giant at the top, mm -hmm. the most expensive and the most difficult to implement. And when I say most expensive, not necessarily per month, but it seems to me it's the most expensive to implement. My experience is you got to spend a minimum of $3,000 for a Salesforce specialist to set it up for you. So it's kind of like, that's not the typical solution for a pool builder. And HubSpot's pretty cool, but it's a little bit complicated. It's it's really kind of, my, my experience is HubSpot's kind of marketing heavy mm -hmm. and a little light on the sales CRM side of things. Yeah, the inbound. Yeah. I, yeah, right. And the tracking, but not necessarily uh, the, the nurturing or the, the selling. Uh, I happen to be a big fan of Keep, which is the new version, the streamlined version of Infusionsoft. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll slam the poor guys. I've been using Infusionsoft for like 12 years, and it's a very, very sophisticated, very complicated system. It's famous for its nickname of Confusionsoft. And there was no way I would ever recommend it to a pool builder because it's the one, it's the system we love to hate. But when they came out with the Keep system, it was just drag and drop simple. It was unbelievable. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. So I've got a lot of clients getting on board with that because, and again, forgive me for kind of jumping in on this, but my greatest concern for any CRM in any industry is that people don't use it. They, they, I mean, companies spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Corporations will spend that kind of money to implement a CRM. But then uh, if they can't, if the salespeople don't want to use it, it's going to fail. So that that's crucial. So with that, uh, what did I leave out? What what else is out no, there? No, you're right. I could not. Well, I couldn't agree more. There, well, there's some others out there. There's Active Campaign. Yep. Uh, I that's the one that that comes to mind. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to agree with with Brett. I have used Infusionsoft uh, for about the same amount of time, and right from this, obviously, Keep was not around, right. and I was so because because it was, you know, kind of like the hallmark of what 
what we did in our business, I became, I, I just loved it. I became an expert. Um, but what my capacity was mostly servicing and building things for people who were already using it. So that's a different, that's a totally different use of, of the machine. You know, they were already, you know, somewhat proficient. I just built for them with a strategy that they didn't know how to do. Um, on the flip side, okay, we've got people like, you know, Brett, you're talking about pool owners who, you know, CRMs, is that's not a part of their, their wheelhouse right now. Right. Keep is perfect. And the beauty of Keep is that if you ever feel like it has, you've kind of outgrown it, the way that they have built Keep, it's built on the exact same framework as Infusionsoft, and you can literally morph into a more robust engine. So to me, it's a it's a perfect, perfect symbiotic relationship because you can start off easy and eliminate the confusion. And, you know, it's like, it's like for women going shop, maybe men too, but going shopping and there's just too many choices, just too much. I want it all, but I can't, can't afford it all. And I can't wear it all. And, you know, I don't know that anybody, any woman could have too many shoes or bags, but <laughs> with that said, it's too much. It's too much to start with. So no, I, and it's not just because, uh, because I, I have so much time invested in Infusionsoft. It's just a darn good um, CRM. And, and I've even spent much time on committees and working with the developers uh, because I figured if I'm going to use this and I'm going to recommend this, you know, to, to customers, you know, when you use it, you're, oftentimes you'll say, gosh, I wish it could do this. Well, when you hear that enough, I wanted a way where I had that, I had a, you know, a, a straight dial in to the developers. And so it's been fun. It's been really fun to see it grow uh, from the confused, you know, the chaotic, uh, you know, big engine that it was to something that anyone, any company, no matter large or small, can adopt without feeling like it's just going to totally take you off the rails and, and affect your business. Because right now with everybody being so busy in the pool business, they don't have the time. You don't have the time to be taking on a, a huge learning curve. And it's not. It's and I have to admit that uh, I went several years down the rabbit hole of Zoho. And, oh, and, right. and so there, I, I spent a lot of time and my whole staff into trying to implement that. So, um, and, and that's really, Cheryl, what you do and Brett, what you do is you actually help because we've identified that most business owners are really busy and there's some different styles of this. So some people are going to try and implement it on their own. Some people mm -hmm. will help and all companies are a little bit different. And I think that's when you reach out to, you know, specifically you, Cheryl, because if you call Brett or myself, you're going to, we're just going to send them to Cheryl's anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just to, to kind of look and look at the individual business, you know, what are the assets? How much time does the staff and the, you know, the, the person that's wanting to implement it have? Because, you know, you have to get these things implemented properly. Right. In fact, if I can chime in on that, they, that's my greatest concern. And maybe I kind of hinted at this before. 
keep is, I think, about the easiest thing to implement, but doesn't matter. My message to everyone listening is it doesn't matter what CRM you use. Right. Uh, any CRM is better than no CRM. So embrace something and make just get some help. And if it's going to cost several hundred dollars or even several thousand dollars to get it implemented, that's probably the smartest money you can spend because it, it's got to be easy for you or it's going to sit there collecting dust. So. Yeah. I agree. And I think I think the worst thing that that anybody could do is just hop from one to the other thinking, oh, this has got to be better. And oops, made a mistake. I'll go back to this one. And just you just make it like in anything, make a decision, commit to it, work it until you are absolutely certain that something else will serve you better. Otherwise, it's it's just it's too much of a time investment uh, to not to not use it. Like you've said, Brett. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not expensive. Keep is very, very, I, I don't know that there's too much with that kind of power that's any more affordable, in my opinion. True. I'd also like to point out that, uh, and I, this may be bragging, but I mean, there's, I have a, because I specialize in this industry, it's probably easier for me to set up a CRM because if you're a pool builder, I don't care what part of the country you're in, it's kind of the same. If we're mm-hmm. talking about, it, you got to qualify the lead. Then you need to set a meeting. And then if the if the meeting says, yeah, I want a drawing, well, now you got a task that you got to do a drawing. Then you got to, you know, because you have your on-site meeting and then you have your your second meeting to close the deal. And then it's sold or it's lost. You know, it's pretty That's much right. pretty much every pool builder goes through more or less that exact process every time. Which, which forgive me for throwing us off kilter here slightly, but it reminds me. Being down here in Austin, Texas, it's easy for me to forget about all of our friends up north, like Pennsylvania, where you are, Cheryl. Uh, Pool owners up north need to open and close their pools every year. And builders or pool, well, any pool company that has a service department probably makes a lot of money doing openings and closing. And they could be doing hundreds or thousands per year twice a year. So you, know, you got to have some drip marketing to go out to those guys at a certain time. And then you, you got to take certain action. If they say, yeah, I want to schedule it, you know, then you got to collect the credit card and all that should be automated. So Absolutely. I remember the first time we set it up, it was eye opening for me, but now boy, like clockwork every year. Okay. Let's roll it out. Okay. Boom. It's done. So yep. and it, that's going on right now. Uh, you know, that pool we just filmed up in Idaho for our, for our great client down in San Diego. Um, they're they're closing that pool up this week, so things are things are locking up. That's, yep. that's it. I like it. Well, I don't have anything else other than I want to really commend uh, Cheryl. She's not going to be expecting this, but what she said about how to write an email in a, in an in any email, but especially in an automation system, just pretend that you're or or not just pretend. Actually, yeah, talk. Pretend that you're talking to the person and record it, and then just just uh, dictate it. That's that's an out that's outstanding marketing advice because most people who are not marketers fall into the trap of say, well, this needs to sound like what a marketer would say. No, it needs to sound like what you would say. It needs and not in writing, but but just in fact, the cliche I use is that if you don't know how to describe your company, pretend you're sitting at a bar having a beer with somebody. And he asks you a question about the industry and that you you can't sell him anything because you don't live there. You're out of town. But 
you'll help, you'll answer his question, you know, as you're drinking your beers. Oh, well, here's what you got to do. You know, look for this and that, and blah, blah, blah. That style that Cheryl describes is the best, most effective marketing. And very simple these days because, Brett, as you've got your uh, Word up on the uh, lower portion of your screen there, Word actually has a dictation tool in it now. Um, oh, yeah. And so does Google Docs. Oh, cool. So, yeah, That's you can actually cool. dictate with these webcams or the microphones now. And you can just voice dictate it in there for those of you that don't have typing speeds that are, you know, are super up. So, guys, right. I got to thank you guys today, both of you. Cheryl, you know, man, I love every Friday I get to spend an hour with you. It's been and fun. It, changes everything they do and, and brad i get to see you that same meeting every friday and i there's just an enormous amount of content we know that this uh, 2021 covid thing has been very good to the pool business um and that we've got a lot of business now we've got to figure out how to get it all organized and cheryl's got the answers on how to get it organized cheryl can you tell everybody how to get a hold of you if they need to uh, you can just, I guess, email me at uh, Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at CyberFunnels, uh, plural, just C-Y-B-E-R-F-U-N-N-E-L-S.com. Cheryl at CyberFunnels.com. There you go. <laughs> and then, Mr. Abbott, one more time, how, do, how does everybody find you? PoolBuilderMarketing.com. How much easier could that be? PoolBuilderMarketing.com. Once again, thanks so much to all you guys for showing up and listening to Ask the Masters. This has been an absolutely fabulous day on how to get yourself organized in 2021. Exactly. Thanks, Randy and Brett. Thank you all. Everyone have a great day. Bye now.